Another pleasant good evening to you, to a good evening to you, one and all. 501, your start time for the second hour of the Full Court Press, Tuesday, October 22nd. October's a good month if you're a sports fan. NFL underway. College football halfway through. NBA basketball begins tonight, officially, and the World Series now finally kicks off for all you diehard baseball fanatics. And it's going to be the heavily underdog Washington Nationals, something that they're not, this is something they're not, I mean, nothing new to them. It's as they head to Houston and face the Houston Astros, 107-win baseball team. They were 60-21 at home uh, during the regular season. Just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, tonight's matchup should be a dandy as well, especially on the mound. Uh, you'll have uh, Max Scherzer go up against Garrett Cole. Uh, both pitchers, uh, according to their manager, have been primed and ready for this spot. Max Scherzer talks about the lineup and how good this lineup really is. Just a lot of different ways they can beat you. Um, you know, predominantly right-handed, but they got a couple of left-hand bats in there that are uh, definitely big-time threats. Um, and just what they do up and down the order, it's a complete lineup, you know, kind of one through nine. So uh, you got to be executing every single pitch that you, you go out there and throw. On the other side, Garrett Cole, the Nationals just have more than nine guys. They have a lot of really great supporting characters that surround him. Their catching core is as strong as ever. Um, their outfield play is excellent. Um, and on the mound, they're, they're nasty. And really, the Nationals are led by one guy, and that's Rendon. He, uh, he's so cool and calm and collected. Um, and I think a lot of his players feed off that. Um, and he takes care of the baseball on both sides of the ball, both defensively and offensively, his approach is really deliberate. Here's A.J. Hinch on the starters for the first three. Well, hold tight there. Uh, here is A.J. Hinch. Now, the Game 4 starter has not been announced for either team yet. Uh, A.J. Hinch has already announced his first three for the first three games. We'll have uh, Cole on Game 1, Verlander in Game 2, Granke in Game 3, and Granke gets to hit. That's going to be that's going to be fun for him. That's Zach Grinky. He could have started uh, for Game One, and they say not to have that. In regards to Game Four, Coach Emergency me, Manager Hinch. In Game Four, as in typical fashion, we'll read and react based on 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 how we want to do it. Could be Peacock, could be Urquidy, could be somebody different based on how the first three games go. It's going to be an interesting one. Should be a dandy as well in this series. Remember, the Washington Nationals coming to the series, they're the biggest underdog in a World Series since 2007. It's been quite some time, but this uh, squad led by, uh, squad led by uh, David Martinez, he had one simple message for his team. I just want our club to go out there, have fun, and just and, and play the game like we're capable of playing and, uh, and kind of focus on the little things. And here's Max Scherzer again going again up against tonight against Mr. Verlander. It's fun. Of course. I mean, I've been in the situation, faced really good pitchers here in the National League uh, over the years. You know, Kershaw, DeGrom, those guys. Um, you just know you got to come out there and hey, it's, you're going to be throwing up zeros. And um, you, know, you got to try to match the intensity from the opponent. Now, Washington starters of Anibal Sanchez, Max Sanchez, Max Serger, and Steven Strasburg, along with Patrick Corbin, have logged a combined 26 and two-third inning in the Nationals' four-game dismantling in that sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, they have left their bullpen just scraps of nine and one-third innings to cover up 
during that sweep. That's incredible. That is effectiveness at its best, but this is a totally different lineup for the Washington Nationals. Now, Houston will face more of the same when it hosts the Nationals in, in Game 1 here. Schuster, of course, is 2-0 and with a 1.80 ERA. Uh, he'll start against the, the Astros, and it's the Nationals. Again, remember, it's their first ever World Series contest, but the pressure of uh, of, of being the, uh, I guess, you know, being in the moment and the World Series has never, ever phased this team. Um, he feels like and one reason why is because they, uh, they've they got good pitching on um, on their end as well. Uh, in regards of pitching, speaking of which, he also feels like the Astros got good pitching too. If you look at this whole series, um, both sides got unbelievable starting pitching. Um, so it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. So for the Nationals, Howie Kendrick will DH uh, in Houston. On the other side will be Alvarez, who will DH for the Astros. Uh, and then for uh, Davey Martinez, here is uh, his first two starters, uh, at least for, you already know, game one. Here's game two. For, uh, it's going to be Max Scherzer tomorrow. Uh, Strauss will pitch game two, and um, not decided on game three yet. Again, he's got tools to use. I mean, it is his bullpen only nine and one-third inning to have to pitch, and then they had that long, long rest. So, it's, again, it's going to be rust versus rest, right, for the Nationals. It's going to be momentum versus rest. Which one will benefit who more? And, again, they have uh, Anibal Sanchez, who took that no-hitter six-plus innings into the uh uh, into the night against the uh, Cardinals, Patrick Corbin. He can also come in and start. So they have a bunch of different guys. But don't leave anything off the table for manager Martinez and this crew. In fact, he talked about maybe starters coming out of the bullpen. We're going to play every game to go 1-0, and as, we, as I talked about all year long. Um, so with that being said, um, if there's a situation that we feel like a starter could benefit on us capitalizing and winning a game, then uh, so be it. But... Um, there's seven games, so we got to be very careful of how we do things. Now, Washington's quartet of starters finished 4-0 and with a 1.35 ERA against the Cardinals. They had 40 strikeouts against only six walks in the NLCS. That's incredible. Uh, they ranked second in the majors in ERA at 3.53, fourth in whip, which at 1.19, strikeouts per nine innings at 9.68, and opponents on base plus percentage... Now, on the other side, the Astros are nothing to shrug at either. In fact, their rotation has been just darling in the uh, in the uh, AL playoffs. They, uh, in regards of strikeouts per nine innings, they're at 10.54. They rated second in WHIP at 1.09 and third in both ERA 3.61 and op- opponents on base plus slugging percentage at 0.672. So, two good, really pitching staffs going at it. The key as which the key is which lineup can break through the starter first, and how quick can they do it? If they can get after Max Max Scherzer early, I would say the Astros have a legit shot to just blow this thing wide open. Get into that bullpen and milk that bullpen for as much as it's worth. I don't see Davey Martinez being as irresponsible as Aaron Boone was with his bullpen, despite. Just it being loaded and stocked and ready to go. But it was poorly missed, poorly managed by Aaron Boone. I don't see Davey Martinez making that mistake, at least and especially not in the uh, World Series. Now, of course, Garrett Cole has been out of this world so far in, in the run that he's been on. He's enters the World Series 19-0. and 
in the last 25 starts. He has a 1.59 ERA, and in the victories he's had of, uh, excuse me, including victories in each of his three playoff outings. Now, in his previous eight starts, he's 8-0, 0.77 ERA, 92 strikeouts in 58 and two-thirds inning. That's incredible. So, of course, Max Scherzer, you know, he names Kershaw, DeGrom, uh, and some of the pitchers he's went against in the NL, I don't think he will have faced a better pitcher yet in the playoffs than he will have faced in Garrett Cole in his career. Garrett Cole is just on this roll. Honestly, something that I've, I have I haven't seen. And you know, it feels like, honestly, like yesterday, right? Uh, the obstacles that the Nationals have had to overcome just to get to the World Series. They had to come from behind to beat Houston. They were down 3-1 in the 8th in the NL wildcard game. Uh, they knocked out the Dodgers in a decisive game 5. Again, they were down 3-1 in the 8th inning in the NLDS. Uh, they, they, these guys have a never-say-die never attitude, which makes them so legitly tough. I love, um, I love what this... Uh, what this National Dodgers, National Dodgers, wow, Washington Nationals team is made of, especially since the fact that remember in May twenty fourth they were in nineteen thirty one, they were nineteen and thirty one in uh, on May twenty fourth. Since then they have the best record in the league. Garrett Cole has not lost since May. Something's got to give tonight. But to not lose in, I mean, not to to not have a loss recorded in his last twenty five starts. Garrett Cole has been. Absolutely spectacular for the Astros. But again, this Washington Nationals team does have a lot of depth, especially one through nine. Then you got some uh, you know, some guys off the bench who can come in and slug it as well. Howie Kendrick has been clutch, absolutely clutch in this playoff postseason for the Nationals. Expect him to do some things uh on firework, or at least bring some fireworks to the World Series. It, it's gonna be a really fun World Series. My prediction, we'll get Eric's when he comes back. My prediction, though, is that with this, um, with the bullpens being rested, with the lineups the way that they are, I feel like the Astros win in six. But I think one, games one through six will be nail biters, will be really close. And I think one of those games, out of the six, only one of them are high scoring. When I say high scoring, anything more than five runs. And I could be absolutely wrong, absolutely terribly wrong. But that's just a prediction. That's why we uh, call them bull takes, right? Speaking of which, we'll have our uh, Tell the Truth whenever it gets here. We'll have a threat that blew our mind on our player of the week uh, coming up here later in the show. Again, Nationals, Astros. I can't believe this game took a backseat in everybody's head unless you're in Houston or you're an Astros fan outside of Houston and in Washington, D.C. I mean, everyone else though, is talking about the NBA and how exciting it is. And, you know, they're excited about the basketball getting underway. The World Series, Game 1, Nationals at Houston. This Cinderella baseball team coming from the depths of elimination to now playing in the Game 1 of the World Series to the team who's been there, done that. They are the Warriors of the Major League Baseball. Golden State Warriors, that is. With 107 wins, they've been here before. Um, but, again, we'll have a new World Series champion um, as Boston would didn't even make the playoffs this year so uh should be a fun one at 608 p.m mountain time that's on fox uh you gotta listen to the great joe buck I, by the way okay we're gonna have our five best on friday and i want i want tweets i want texts give me 
to prep me for this, okay, your five favorite sports TV announcers. Text me, tweet me, whatever. I want to hear your five best, in your opinion, or five favorite sports TV announcers. Eric and I will give ours on Friday as well. But I, I, man, this is, people have been dogging Joe Buck. Absolutely dogging him. And I don't think he's as good in baseball as he is in football. Now, Matt Vasgersian in baseball is incredible. I could listen to that guy all day long. But yeah, tweet me at LJ Salvi, A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y. If you have my number, I'm not going to give it out. But if you do, text me. Uh, let me know your five favorite or, in your opinion, best sports TV announcers. My guess is that the majority will include one of the following. Brent Musburger, Vern Lundquist. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone will say Greg Gumbel. Brian Anderson's came on to the scene. He's done a great job. I thought his call in the baseball playoffs was really good. In fact, he would have been fun to listen to. I would have took Brian Anderson or Matt Vaskersian over over Joe Buck. By the way, did you see his shirt? I, I think it was in the Astro series versus the Yankees. Some guy in the front row wore a shirt. I said, Joe Buck sucks. <laughs> oh, man, they dogged on him. Again, I think he's great in football. He really is. In baseball, I'm not as big of a fan of him. But again, to each their own. Give me your opinions. Would love to hear them. We're going to take a break. Come back. Eric should be back here in the next few minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the World Series. Again, we'll also get you our set that blew our mind, player of the week, and our tell the truth. We'll also give you our NBA predictions, our MVP, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, what the Western Conference looks like, what the Eastern Conference will look like, your NBA champs overall. We're going to throw it out. And lay it all on the table. I'm Andre Salves, and you're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Tuesday evening, a little ways away from Saturday night, right? Air Force, Utah State should be a dandy. Make sure you tune in to the pregame on 610KVNU, then flip on your TV on ESPN2, get back to 610KVNU for the postgame, call in, share thoughts, opinions. All we want to be a Utah State Aggie win. What we need to be is a Utah State Aggie win. These Aggies need this win to make a statement. This would make a huge statement to the Mountain West Conference. Uh, they need this win because Boise State lost to BYU, and this would just kind of put that, you know, hey, look, we're the new dogs in the house. All right, Boise State, we get them at home on November 20th. Yes, November 20th. And uh, get a chance to, you know, really flex our muscle in the Mountain West Conference. This is a gauntlet stretch, by the way, for the Aggies. Really, really gauntlet-like stretch for the Aggies. Um, where they would have to, I mean, they get Air Force on the road, then they're back home to face BYU, who's coming off a bye week, and then at Fresno State. Now, Fresno State's not what Fresno State was last year, but they're still a good football team, and playing them at home is no gimme. That could be a really, really tough one for the Aggies. And then, of course, you uh, you come home, you get Wyoming at home, and then you get Boise State at home, and before you complete the season at New Mexico. That's a 2 p.m. start. That might be the last day game. For the Aggies, 
this season. Because uh, BYU's been announced as an 8 o'clock start, by the way, if you haven't heard, ESPN 2, next Saturday night. Boise State's an 8.30 start. That's on ESPN. Wyoming could have a chance, if they win going up to Utah State, and at least going up to the matchup versus Utah State, they could be an 8 o'clock start. Fresno State's a 5 p.m. start mountain time. So 4 o'clock California time, I guess that would be. Uh, again, just a really, really, really tough schedule for the Aggies. and It's a gauntlet stretch, but it's going to tell you know, Coach Anderson, you'll hear his audio later on, I believe, tomorrow, and you'll you know, you'll hear about how he talks about the mental toughness that this team needs. Um, to be men- mentally tough, and you- you've got to be physically tough to play an offense like this. Uh, we-, we heard it yesterday. He talked about like the-, the 15 or 17 drives that they had that were under a two minutes, under a minute. Like He just says needs to stop. That they need that the whole like run and gun show night needs. There's a time and a place for it, and Air Force is not the time or the place. That and he says that Air Force, if they get you in that situation where they eat the clock for seven or eight minutes and get a field goal or a touchdown out of it, and then you spend forty five seconds to a minute and are off the field, you're gonna get burnt and you're gonna get beat up really badly. And so uh, expect some changes offensively based on pace of play and uh, and how they run their offense, uh, how quick they run their offense, I should say. Don't forget World Series tonight, Game 1, 6 o'clock. Astros will host the Nationals. And, of course, you have your NBA underway. Uh, Pelicans are at Toronto. And, by the way, as if you haven't heard, but we've been hiding underneath a rock for the last two days, uh, Zion Williamson is out for six to eight weeks. So he'll miss... Uh, two matchups with the Jazz. Uh, and so, no Zion Williamson, which really, if you're the NBA, you're just squirming at this. Just absolutely squirming at this thing. The fact that you don't get Zion Williamson uh, in in this in this TV matchup because that's why the NBA was doing this. I mean, that was it was their pitcher golden boy of Zion Williamson coming into the house and being on live TV. And now you don't get that. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. But, my partner in crime, Mr. I Hate the Patriots, anti-patriot, Eric Franson himself, joins me back. Eric, hi. Have you had a chance to cool off? Yeah, I did. I Collect played, yourself a little bit? Yeah, I played some audio about you that was like made fun of you. So it was great. I feel much, much better about myself. Have you had a chance to look longingly at some pictures of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to help you calm down? Yeah, in fact, the long pictures we're looking at were two-hour or four-hour videos of them winning the Super Bowl. So yes, I feel much better. <laughs> Uh, Eric, you returned from Maverick Stadium, uh, where you were able to view a little bit of the practice and then get some thoughts and uh, post-practice quotes. Of course, you can't go into detail because these practices are closed. Energy, emotion, big game this Saturday night. What do you What do you see? What do you feel? Yeah, it is a big game this Saturday night. They know it. Um, they this the sense of uh, at least the guys that I spoke to is that this team has been progressing week to week throughout the season, getting ready for a game like this. They've been spending their time in the off season um, or in their bye weeks, taking extra time to get ready for this game because Air Force is so different than everybody else. Uh, in fact, I got a chance to talk to uh, Nick Henniger. Uh, defensive lineman, defensive end for Utah State. Um, and this is a new experience for him. He's never played Air Force. He's never gone to, to Colorado Springs because Utah never played them. 
So a lot of other guys on this team, they're very familiar with Air Force. They, they're in the same division, and so they play him every year. But for him, it's a new experience. And he's having to rely on coaches and teammates to get him caught up to speed. And uh, he's freely admitting that this is very different. And um, although it may be a little bit more of a challenge for him getting caught up to speed and what to do, he's very confident in everybody else around him and how to uh, handle Air Force and how they they come at you in different ways. Talking to Nick Henniger and uh, getting to know a little bit more about Utah State's preparations for Air Force. This is a team that's very physical in what they do, very disciplined in what they do. From you guys as a defensive line point of view, how difficult is it to stay focused when you're seeing the same few package of plays over and over and over and over again? I mean, there's good and bad to it, I guess. I mean, the good thing is you know what you're going to do, right? You just got to stay disciplined to it. But it can get... uh, repetitive this will be my first time playing air force but i've talked to a lot of the guys and they're like yeah bro this is the game i probably feel the most is the most physical game we play just because every play is bang 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 hitting hitting and we're dive players always trying to stop the dive because that's probably their most successful play on offense too so just gotta shut that down first is it uh you haven't faced a team like this uh before but uh you face some teams that have some good running uh, plays and good running attacks. Um, is it, I guess the right way to phrase this is how hard is it to not feel like you maybe see something going where you want to go out and try to help somebody if they're struggling in a certain area, but staying home to where you need to be? Yeah, actually, uh, yesterday was my first full on practice of hitting with this Air Force defense. And my coach came back and he's like, "Yep, you had a crappy practice." I'm like, "What? I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing." But it's 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 you got to be so technically sound on these small things to make sure you're doing everything right. Luckily today I was able to see what I did wrong yesterday and fix that. But it it's it's very repetitive and very. It'll be a good game though. I mean, I'm excited for it. Today's practice going live. We we're actually able to go live and tackle the the dive and tackle there. And uh, that made it feel more realistic and easier for me to kind of get my body into the motion of things, which was good. How do you feel where you're at in this system at Utah State where you were a transfer? You came into this and you showed up a little bit later. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like where you're at now, what, six, seven weeks into this regular season? Uh, I feel good where I'm at. I love playing. Uh, I love being able to support my guys when I need to and be when it's my time to go out there, go out and perform. Uh, I love our position group because I honestly feel like we've got the deepest position group out here, the DNs, D-line, DNs especially, to where we've got some packages where it's literally all DNs in there for like speed packages, you know what I'm saying? So I love it. I love the guys. I love my position group, and it's been a, it's been a good fit. They've been real good welcoming me in and it's been a good family vibe and then for you just uh, where this is you're coming back into conference play here uh, the goals are still there you've had some tough out of conference games but how do you feel you are that things are going right now as far as the team trying to hit that ultimate goal of winning a conference championship oh I feel like we're as motivated as ever you know what I'm saying coach A's been there to tell us remind us like hey we can't be in in a better place, in a better position right now in conference. We literally can't 
You know what I mean? We've won the games we need to win. San Diego State on that side of the conference was a good win because they're a really good team. Each win we've won has been a great win to help propel us to get the momentum into this game because Air Force is going to be a team we have to go through in, able, in order to win the championship most likely. And they've got one loss, which it will make it harder for them. It's kind of like they're a dog stuck in the corner, you know what I'm saying? They, their back's against the wall, so they're really going to have to – I know those guys are all tough guys. They're going to come out fighting and swinging, you know what I mean? So we take it to them this week and get the dub. That's the focus this week. All right, uh, Nick Henniger, thank you so much, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. That's Nick Henniger, defensive menace for the Utah State Aggies. He uh, he can run down a quarterback 30 yards backwards better than anybody else I know. Justice TA. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, this, right. this defense. Just ask Agnew. We'll, uh, we'll break down more of the Air Force Falcons tomorrow, but I have to just ask, I mean, this defense, this might be their toughest assignment to date yet, just based on what how good Air Force can be, but how unique their offense is. So you have to be disciplined to play assigned football, or you're going to get burnt. Yeah, that's always the challenge about Air Force. And when you go up against other really good running teams, there are times where you you can tell where the play is going, and you abandon your assignment to go help in that area to make the play, to make the stop. Well, against Air Force, you can't do that because you might think it's going one direction and then all of a sudden it's coming at you from somewhere else. Uh, and so it's that assignment football. You, you hear it every time you, you go up against a team like this. It's assignment football. It's not that hard. Well, it is hard um, because they execute it so well. They only do six to eight, maybe ten plays and you just, you're going to see them over and over and over again. And so for a player, it, I think the challenge is to not get fatigued by seeing the same thing and do it uh, over and over again, not thinking, okay, I think I've got this. Now I can maybe cheat over here a little bit to help over here because that's where they're getting gashed. Next thing you know, you do that, you're the one getting gashed. So, And then on top of that, they do that to you so much at the line, then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they'll just pop off a long pass play over the top of everybody because everybody's having to cheat up to stop what they're doing with their option or the dive play. Uh, so Air Force is very unique. Uh, this coaching staff knows it. They've spent extra time in the bye weeks and in the preseason preparing specifically for this. So uh, it, it's going to be a big matchup. And we talk a lot about that offense and how different it is, but that Air Force defense is something not to be scoffed at. It's a very physical defense, uh, an opportunistic defense. Uh, they've had some really interesting takeaways and very physical gating after opposing quarterbacks. So y- you can't overlook Air Force at all. Love it. We'll get into more in the know on the Air Force Falcons and get you better detail on the Utah State football uh, team and what they're what we prep for or what this team is prepping for for Saturday night at eight fifteen in Falcon Stadium in Colorado Springs. Uh, watch that game on ESPN two again. Don't forget. Here's how you can do it. Pre-game, 6, 10 a.m., KVNU, Eric Franson, Craig Hissop, Al Lewis, uh, Ryan Bohm, post-game, same group. Uh, you call in, get your thoughts in between. Uh, turn off the radio, turn on your TV, watch the game, and then, again, after you get a call in and share your thoughts, uh, of course, uh, the mobile app, the KVNU mobile app has been loading up, calls has been loading up. It's The reaction has been wonderful from Aggie fans who want to voice their opinion, their concerns and their thoughts and their excitement of what this Aggie team is is and can do throughout the rest of the year. 
Uh, Eric, we I've already talked a little bit of World Series, but we've got a lot to get into, including stat, player, and tell the truth Tuesday, and uh, and and so much more. So, really quickly from you, what's your thoughts on Game One tonight of this World Series? Well, I think the World Series is going to it features some great great pitching. Uh, you've got some real aces, and you got some other starters that are really good. Um, look at the this. In this series, this is the first postseason series that will feature five of the top ten pitchers in strikeouts. It's also the first World Series since 1945 to feature six of the top, twen- top 20 pitchers in ERA. So uh, I heard you earlier on the way in. I think you're right. This I would be surprised if any one of these games goes for more than five runs. Yeah. If anybody scores more than five runs. The difference, I think, in this series... I think both have really good pitching staffs. Yes. I think the difference is the Astros have better bats top to bottom than the Nationals do. And so I think that the the Astros will be able to connect on a little bit more. They'll be able to get some guys on base and apply a little more pressure to the Nationals' uh, pitching staff than it will be the other way around. I still think it'll be a good series, and I think that it'll be a, a, a six-game series and I think the Astros get it in six. What do you, I mean, who do you turn more in favor of tonight? I know you talked about the lineup for the Astros. Obviously, Washington likes to play a small ball. Long ball just comes up there as a bonus. But with Max Scherzer on the mound on one side, with Garrett Cole, who has not lost a start in 25 appearances on the other side, who do you give the advantage to? Something's got to give, right? Yeah. Um, I I lean to Garrett Cole Um is Scherzer has looked really good, but Cole has been dominant, and I think that there's a an emotional high with the Astros that's carrying over from they just played just the other day, and it's not that long ago, so they're still feeling that emotion of taking care of the Yankees. For the Nationals, it's been over a week since they took care of business, and so that emotion, that high of taking care of business and advancing, has rubbed off by now. Um, so I, I give the edge to the Astros in, in game one. Love it. All right, coming back, you ready to talk some NBA basketball? Yeah. Season opener. Ten, season opener night for the uh, NBA. Jazz open up tomorrow night at home versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, you can hear that game on this station. 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan will have the Utah Jazz basketball games. You, can, you don't have to go anywhere else to get it. And uh, we'll give you the very best coverage in, in, our, in our coverage of the Jazz that we could possibly give you and break it down to what we think the Jazz will be like. We'll give you our predictions of Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, MVP, I guess that is, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player. Can Rudy Gobert do it again a third straight time? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric's back. Great. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest. Presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the grand prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ozzy Salveson, Full Court Press. 
1069 The Fan. 538, your time here on a Tuesday afternoon. I think that week's just going to drag by. I Why? hate when that happens. Oh, last week felt like it was way slow. Last week felt like it took forever. Well, both you and I had times where we weren't here in the studio. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. God bless your soul. Uh, Eric, it is time. It is It is that time of the year. Hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> yes? On. It is that time of the year where we know what you know, what we know, that you know. Where is it? Is this it? This is it. I'm pretty sure this is it. Eric, welcome back. I missed that open. The NBA on NBC, right? This is good stuff. This is my favorite part. That used to be oh. such a big deal. You didn't have when I was a kid. You didn't have the availability like you have now, right? If you had your team on NBC, you only show a few games on national television every week. And man, that boy, was a they big were the deal. best game. I mean, they were picky about what games they would show too. Like you were getting. I mean, Michael Jordan, of course, was. I mean, if it was versus the Magic or the Knicks, it, he was on. Doesn't Michael Jordan the versus Lakers anybody, were on was a on. lot? Yeah. yeah. The Jazz uh, weren't on very much early, and then they started to be on a little bit more. But you're right that uh, those those games with that uh, with that open that was a big deal. That was you not miss TV. You didn't want to miss those matchups. Uh, we are back, and I have to say I think TNT is doing a nice job of doing being a little selective. Yeah, only showing one game that night yeah. or two games that night in a doubleheader. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it just adds a little more intrigue, a little more interest. Uh, Eric, tonight the New Orleans Pelicans are going to take on the Toronto Raptors, and they're going to do so in Toronto. Hey, uh, no Zion Williamson for six to eight weeks, so, so guess what? Your star-studded big man is going to be none other than Derek Favors. Derek Favors. Uh, <laughs> how much does Zion being out for six to eight weeks affect the NBA in a negative way? With all the hype and all the, all the pop and, and, and you know the hula on this guy, I think it would it was going to help New Orleans be interesting because without him they're not interesting. But there are so many stars in the NBA right now, and that there's no heir apparent to win the NBA title. So I think that it's a wide open field. I think that there is there are interesting stars. Uh, wherever you turn in the NBA. So not having Zion Williamson, it does affect the hype surrounding him and the Pelicans, but I don't think it affects the league as a whole really that much. And on the other side, I mean, 
Kawhi Leonard, I, I, I went and dominated for a year straight, missed 22 games, didn't matter, then left town before he had to put a ring on it. I mean, he's, he's that guy that just makes that girl fall in love with him. And then, whew, he's gone. And he didn't even have to put the ring on the finger. And now he's out prancing with some other girl in a bigger market in L.A., hanging out, having a club soda. Uh, this Wearing fancier clothes, <laughs> driving fancier cars. Yeah, he ditched the 1997 Ford that he had. Now he's driving <laughs> a uh, Porsche red um, with a V8 engine. I, this, now, the, the, the second matchup of the night is going to be really interesting. Kawhi versus LeBron. What are the things that you are looking for, Eric? Well, for the Lakers, how well do Anthony Davis and LeBron James really play next to each other? Do they have a point guard? Um, how do they work as a team? What does their depth look like? And then for the Clippers, this is going to be a really defensive-minded team. They won't have Paul George tonight, so they won't be at full strength. But they're going to be a really good defensive team. Where does their offense come from? So um, I think that's a really intriguing matchup. A lot of people thinking that could be a preview of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Clippers. Who knows? Could be. Um, but with everything that's happened here in the offseason, this is going to be for an interesting, interesting ball game tonight in Los Angeles. Uh so let's get to it. This year, the NBA, there's a lot of expectation, a lot of excitement in Salt Lake City with the roster that has been made, as I already mentioned, Kirk Goldberry with a BPI index rating after the preseason has Jazz as third in the NBA. Yeah, not just the Western Conference, not just their division, but in the NBA as a whole. Yeah, I was looking at that, this basketball power index, the BPI, something that ESPN puts together, and it takes in account several different factors. Uh, they look at game-by-game game efficiency. What is your strength of schedule? What is your pace? How many days of rest? Where is the game played, game location, and preseason expectations? So based on all of those factors, Milwaukee is number one. Houston is number two. That surprises me. Utah is number three. That surprises me. Clippers are number four. Here's the rest of the top ten, followed by the Nuggets, the Sixers, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Warriors, and the Trailblazers. Honestly, I'm surprised to see Golden State in the top 10. I'm not. They can still score. But Clay, they announced today Clay Thompson's going to be gone for the whole season. Well, regular season. Steve Kerr backpedaled on that pretty quickly and said, we're going to leave the door open. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we got to give out some awards. Our... Go bold or go home. Now, we're not as dumb as what BYU does on their TV station and says really stupid out of the world stuff, but we will be bold in our predictions, and uh, that's what we're going to do here. So, Eric, without further ado, your rookie of the year is who? Rookie of the year? I'm going to I'm going to project John Morant. Still mine. Yep, me too. I, I think that there are huge question marks about the... Um, durability of Zion Williamson. And it's not because this recent injury. He had injuries when he was at Duke. Uh, he was battling injuries in the offseason as a, as a rookie. Um, I just think that he's a dynamic player. Don't get me wrong. But I think John Morant will be more consistent over a longer period of time and will mean more for the Memphis Grizzlies 
And that, for me, will put him ahead of Zion as the rookie of the year. I like it. No, John, and I think this next six to eight weeks could be really telling of how indefinitely healthy that Zion Williamson can be. Or is he going to be like a Greg Oden? I hate to compare it to that, but a kid that is that ferocious, that plays with that much intensity physically, could you just don't want to see an injury happen, but um, it worries you a lot. All right, Eric, uh, let's move on to coach of the year. Who is your coach of the year pick? That one I've had a hard time with because uh, I've, it's easy to say the best take the coach who's on the best team, but I think the coach of the year is somebody who helped the team do more than maybe what a lot of us expected. Um, and I honestly, it, it may sound weird, but I'm going with oh, now all of a sudden I'm blanking on his name, Coach uh, Brown, is it at uh, Philadelphia? Oh, you're going wow, Paul. Uh, that's not Paul. It's uh, what's his name? I had it too. <laughs> yeah, just no, don't oh, Brett, Brett, Brett Brown. Brett Sorry. Brown, thank you. Um, just there are – that's a team that has not met expectations, um, but I think that there's a lot of talent there, and they've had some people leave as well. So I think that Philadelphia could have a really, really good season, and if they do, I think you have to give him credit for – what they were able to do. My pick is Doc Rivers, just based on the fact that they have the best team in the Western Conference, I think Doc Rivers. But I would love to see Quinn Snyder win it. I would love to see it. Oh, yeah, we'd all love to Whether see that. Whether he does or does, I think he has a shot at it, but his team's going to have to play really, really well in the Western Conference. Uh, Rudy Gobert, does he win his third straight Defensive Player of the Year award? I think he does. Uh, I think that um, he may actually be called to do a little bit more for the Jazz defensively than he's had to do before because he won't have the benefit of having Derek Favors beside him. And so uh, I I think that he continues to up his game, becomes a very impactful player, and I think he does win for the third straight year. I have Anthony Davis. I feel like he is re-energized now being on the Lakers team. I feel like he's going to be asked to do a little bit more, too, because it's him and LeBron James. He's going to have to guard the paint. Uh, yeah, I think Anthony Davis wins. I'd love to see Rudy Gobert, of course, but I yeah, I think Anthony Davis. and I, think I could see that. Uh, sixth man of the year. I don't know if you agree with this with me or not, but Lou Williams. I, I just don't think there's another pick, to be honest with you. Uh, he, he's, he's the Manu... Ginobili of the NBA now, what Ginobili was back then. I just he comes off the bench, he's productive as ever. I have a hard time disagreeing with that, uh, but I do think that uh, Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal will give him a run for the money. I like it. Your MVP, Eric. I, I got to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Guy's a freak of nature. No one can stop him. I think that LeBron will give him a run for his money this year because I think it's likely LeBron will play a full season. Um, Kawhi is obviously a dynamic player as well, but I think Giannis is still the MVP in my mind. And finally, uh, who what about for you? Oh, sorry, yeah, my bad. Uh, LeBron James, I like LeBron looks so look, watching LeBron in preseason. I know it's just preseason, but man, he looks fired up. He looks like the LeBron James of ten years ago, and that is not a good thing for the NBA. LeBron James, when he, if he can play with that youthfulness and energy, the only thing that would keep him from winning it is being uh, is sitting games for rest would keep him from winning this. How many games does he sit at his age? 
that would be the one thing that would stop him. Mm. But I think LeBron James can easily win this one, and I think he can win it running away. Uh, Eric, how far do the Jazz go in the Western Conference? ESPN, they had like about 20-something people pick, and I'd say 15 of them have the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Yes or no? Do the Jazz make the Western Conference Finals? Because that's where their expectations are now. Their expectations are not second round and out. It's Western Conference Finals or bust. Yeah, um, I want to believe that they can. I just don't know. Well, I, it's, there's on paper this team looks like they could do it, but what they've done in the preseason has me nervous about that. I think they'll be they'll contend, but I don't know that they'll get to the Western Conference Finals. I think they'll take one of the top teams to seven games in the second round, but then lose. I just look, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I think Houston. I think. Uh, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lay. It really depends how they land in that Western Conference, but I feel like those two, those, those teams are just so incredibly, incredibly tough. Where do you see the Jazz landing in the NBA Western Conference seating? Um, I've gone back and forth, either a number three or the number four spot, um, but I, I lean more to the number three spot. Um, again, I have reservations about them defensively right now, but... Um, I think that uh, I still put them as a a home team, first round playoff team, uh, maybe even second round as well. To do that, you got to be third. But I I could see them as that uh, as a number three team. Uh, I I I I'd love to say three. I'm going to say four. They still get home court, and it's just facing that number one seed in the second round. That's going to be the dagger to them, whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers or whoever it is. Um, I, I see him as a four seed, but they get home court advantage and get to the second round. I, but it's still a major disappointment, a major, major disappointment if they if they get the second round and then lose. All right, we got to take a break. Come back. We'll get, quickly get your stat, our player, and uh, tell the truth. That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Alj Salvison, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Andre Salves and Eric France here on the Full Court Press. October 22nd, we're just finishing up a Tuesday evening for you. Getting you ready for the NBA. Game 1 of the World Series, 6 o'clock tonight. Jazz play tomorrow. Here you can hear that game on the radio station, 106.9, AM, The Fan. Eric, it's time to get it to our stat and our player. Let's start with our stat. Who do you got? All right, my stat. Astros are the first team in Major League Baseball postseason history to hit two walk-off home runs in the same series. That's spicy nuggets. Nothing's ever been tastier without zesty sauce. Uh, the the uh, Georgia football game was at scoreless at halftime. It was the first time that a game that Georgia played in was scoreless at halftime since September 21st, 1991, when they lost 10 nothing to Alabama. Wow. Uh, I'm, with, uh, I'm sticking with baseball for my player of the week, Jose Altuve. 20 at-bats, 6 runs, 7 hits, 3 RBI, and a stolen base. Good night, everybody.